0: Welcome, everybody. How are you? You know, I remember when I first started this podcast journey, I'll never forget. I had just come out of a long accident and I was looking at hey, what is next in my life? What is God calling me to do? How do I use everything in my life, all my experience in the military and in business and working with nonprofits? Like, what is my calling? What is my mission? And the more and more uh, that I just put thought and prayer and meditation and journaling into this, I just felt like my calling was business. That was my mission field. And I remember I went and talked to my pastor at the time at my church. He'd been part of my whole recovery and coming by. And when I talked to him about this concept, it was the most awkward, uncomfortable conversation I've ever had. It was honestly very odd. I got passed off to some people. In the church, and it was almost like that pastor I was working with, a great guy, uh, but he was not a conversation he uh, knew how to have. And it was, and a few weeks later, I was able to have as a guest on the podcast. See Peter Wagner. Um, Peter passed away in 2016, but he was the head of seminary at both Fuller and Princeton. And his entire focus was about the church and uh, business as a uh, and where they come together. And I remember asking Peter about this. I'm like, Peter, you know why why was this conversation so awkward? And here's what he said. um, He goes, Well, John, I wish you hadn't asked me that question. And here's why. He said, First of all, somebody in business, you understand the business playbook, and you understand the church playbook. And the pastor, he understands the church playbook, and he oftentimes does not understand the business playbook, and unfortunately, in some cases, they're intimidated by the business playbook. And I said, well, that said, though, Peter, what about business as mission? He goes, well, John, here's what I hate to tell you, is that you will probably, from most pastors, never hear those two words mentioned in the same sentence— Because they don't, that is not a concept that they get, but it is completely scriptural. It's completely biblical. You guys can go back and listen to that episode I had with Peter. But that leads me to today as we're jumping into what's happening in the world today. And I truly believe my calling, what God has called me to do, is to equip and inspire leaders to accomplish what God has inspired in them. In the world, and folks, I just read this uh, study, and it was put out, I believe, by Barna. A CEO of a company has 86 times more influence over an individual than their pastor. If you're attending church regularly, think about that. So, if you were Jesus and you were here in the world today, where who do you want to work through? Because you think about it, you're at work 30, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and you're maybe in church one. And if you're, I mean, one hour, so four hours a month and a very small percentage are in there, you know, a couple extra hours, that's it. Okay. So with what, here's what I want to talk about. You're in business. You feel like you're calling, um, your workplace, your coworkers, your employees are your mission field. What if you started to just change your mindset it, maybe you have another calling and you have some other passions. Here's the other thing. We can also show up as an ambassador for Christ every single day in the workplace. And I got to tell you, when you bring that spirit and that breath and that love of Christ into what you do and how you do it and who you are, a lot of the division and conflict and challenges we have, just think about it. We're at a company 40, 50 hours a week. It is a majority of our experience. We're, We're there more than we're with our spouses if you're married So with that, I I wanted to bring on uh, Mike Henry. Mike Henry is amazing, and he felt exactly the same way that I did, but he did something about it in a meaningful way, and he founded an incredible ministry called Follower of One. So Mike, first of all, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, John. Thanks for having me.
0: And I know you and I have talked in the past, and there was this point where you were in business and you were really struggling with integrating your faith into your everyday life you felt, and, and and this is what I'd been taught. Right, so I re- so resonated that that this living out your faith, what it meant was to work for a church, be on the committee, be an overseas missionary, and everybody else. It uh, seemed like you know they're they're you know we just stay out of trouble uh, until <laughs> we can get to church and help out on a project. Right. And what you said is, hey, you know what? You wanted to experience that joy of worship seven days a week and you struggled, and what God kind of revealed to you and what you walked into is, hey, these five habits that you could bring in every day into work, and look at work as this mission field by using these habits to actively serve Jesus right there in your office, in your cubicle, whether you're in person or remote, and is this just kind of like Light bulb moment for you, and God just opened the door with this. You decided, Hey, I'm going to create follower of one, follower of one, and teach people what God has shown me. And today it's turned into an online community. You've had almost a thousand people do short term mission trips right there at the place of work. You've been able to help other people just enjoy this living out their faith during the week. And I just thought, uh, we need to share more about this and have people uh, meet you, know what you're doing. But Mike, in your own words, I'd like you to talk about, hey, what was that journey through that time of kind of being frustrated and struggling with integrating your faith in your work? Kind of bring us back for where you were that I'm sure is going to kind of relate to where most of the people listening are today. How's that? Yeah,
1: it. well, it, it felt like the church's answer when I've talked to my pastors that The answer was always for me to leave work. It seemed like that I couldn't do anything with my faith unless I left work. And I felt like it was my job was to just stay out of trouble until I could get back out to church. And that just didn't seem right to me. And so there were so many things I couldn't do. I couldn't, you know, run a a luncheon ministry or have, you know, have a Bible study because I was too busy. There were too many pressures and too many things going on. Some of the people that I work with were believers, but most were not.
0: Well, and Mike, think about uh, some of the skill sets that a lot of, you know, successful leaders have, right? Strategic thinking, operational planning, finances, strategy. You know what? Those skills are not put to use. Yes. Lead a Bible study. Great. Be part of the men's ministry. Great. And though we, as you know, in the, I guess the body, don't really know sometimes even how to explain to a pastor, hey, here's where I could really add value to the church in addition to where you think you already have needs. But that's kind of a a side subject, but I wanted to put that out there.
1: No, I think it's key. I think it's seriously frustrating for especially business leaders, people in leadership in businesses, because they are aware of what they're capable of but they seem to have no application for it in the church environment, right? Because our pastors aren't in a position to do a partnership with a business leader or to put a business leader in charge of something that is measured differently or operates differently. Part of what the happy accident of the five daily habits were that that I came up with, that anyone can do them and you can do them in any job, And so even if you don't get to apply your strategic thinking to some church activity, as you do your strategic thinking to run your business, when you pray for people and appreciate them and look for ways to serve them as you're doing your strategic activities, you are on ministry. You don't have to go someplace else. There's no different group of people that you have to serve. The people that you work with are qualified to be served. Jesus just has called us to serve the people around us. And we can go to the ends of the world, but we can also just serve people right where we are. And, and so, you know, that's Mike, why. there's a
0: great point there. Um, where was that almost aha moment for you when you realized, hey, instead of a project or a committee or doing a, like a short-term overseas international mission or you know, join in a, you know, go building houses somewhere Will you realize that, you know what, um, that same joy, that same kind of being on purpose with God, I can do that actually right where I sit at work. Where, where did you connect the dots that these were, I guess, equally valid in God's eyes?
1: Well, part of it was from Henry Blackaby's book, Experiencing God. Oh, man.
0: I got to tell you, my Bible study group is now going through that for the second time. We did it four years ago. It was so rich. We decided, let's do it again. So anybody out there, if you're listening, find a group of men or women. The books are out of print. You got to go buy them used. But if you go through that Bible study, I'll guarantee you, it will be a game changer You. It it has been for us, 100%. And for
1: lots of people. Yeah, I'm surprised it's out of print. That workbook was a key piece for me because it helped me realize that God's working in the lives of the people that I sit next to at work every day. And so, what is He doing? Well, most of them I don't even know well enough. Mm. You know, I don't pay any attention to them beyond the scope of work. But what happens when I do? I started asking people. Personal questions and other types of things and started having deeper discussions with people. And when all this happened, I actually found out the company I was working for had just gone through a very difficult downsizing. And it was right after 9-11. And while what I discovered was many of the vice presidents who had been fighting with them one another about how to do the downsizing, many of them were Christians. But they, you know, we attend different churches. And so we never talk about our faith with someone who we don't go to church with. And when I started being more intentional about just learning more about other people, I realized how differently that downsizing could have gone had those believers come together and said, you know, how does God want us to do this? And that's where I started kind of getting on this mission of helping every believer see that we have a responsibility To be his person in that spot, looking for what he's doing in the lives of all the people that we're there with, so that we can step in when we're called and we get an opportunity. And that's so you know, Mike, I wanna I wanna
0: highlight something there because you know, one of the things that really stood out to me from the experiencing God workbook, and it was a huge transformation in my prayer life. Instead of say, God, show me your will for me. Hey, here's everything that I want, my dreams, my goals. Hey, can, help me kind of co-create this plan. Like I realized, right, I, you know, I want to be doing God's will. Mm-hmm. What I learned through that, though, was uh, this profound shift. And I stopped praying for God's will for me. And I said, God, show me what you are doing in the wo- world. Hey, I'm right. sitting next to Mary. What is your will for Mary? What are you doing in her life? I can tell she's not a believer. I can tell she's struggling at home a little bit. I know you're working in her life. You love her. Would you show me in my prayer life or through scripture or through the prophetic or just in conversation Mm -hmm. what you're doing and show me how I can join you in the work you're already doing in Mary's life who's sitting right next to me? And you know what? When you pray that way, God will say, you know what? Do this little thing. You know what? Mm -hmm. She's really difficult today and you probably want to go talk bad about her to your coworkers because she was that difficult. But you know what? You don't know what's going on at home. And you know what she needs right now is just a kind word and for you to let it go. I've had that happen, Mike. And just Mm -hmm. that right there is ministry in her life. And I've heard later that from people like, you know what? Thank you. That's People don't treat me like that because I know I have bad days. I know I can be difficult. Some people are proud of being difficult, right? But God is working (laughs) in their life. And that's just a small example. But when I started that prayer— Mm -hmm. hey god what is your will for this work team what is your will for this company right if this company was successful and profitable what are you doing in the life of the ceo and how can i serve and support the ceo who i am four layers underneath Mm because there's a reason that you put this idea on his heart and he's not a believer but you you work through
1: everything right that's right wouldn't you agree mike yes very much in fact I love it because I've had people come back to me and thank me for things I've said, but I had no idea, you know, that I had to remember what they were talking about. It was just an offhand comment, but it was very meaningful to them because God's in charge. He's working out his plan. And once we make ourselves available to him, the outcome is all his problem. I love that because I can't screw that up, you
0: know? Well, hey, let's do this. I'd love for you to share what are the five habits in order, and then let's go through the five habits, Mike. And then I want to talk about a, a marketplace mission trip and then how what we can actually do to take some of these and and then be really intentional with it. How's that sound? Certainly.
1: So the five habits are pray, appreciate others, know what you believe, serve others, and speak for yourself. And so, Okay, so pray,
0: um, appreciate others. What's the third one?
1: Know what you believe.
0: Know what you believe, okay.
1: And the fourth one is serve others. Okay. And the fifth one is speak for yourself.
0: All right. Now, these five, you know, this seems uh, fairly straightforward. So l- let's think about this. Put yourself, you're in a work situation, you're in an office, you got, let's see, you're working in whatever department. You got your coworkers around you. You got your boss. You got other departments you're working with, right? Uh, let's walk through these in that context of somebody who's sitting there, you know, at work today, maybe listening to this on the way into the office today.
1: Certainly. So, pray the first one uh, is just what you said. It's it's having this dialogue with God about where I'm going, and so I talk about three regular prayers. The first one being, here I am. I I use that like my time clock. I punch in. Okay, Jesus, here I am. What do you want me to do today? Uh, The second prayer is what you just said about praying for the people around you. Okay, Jesus, how can you use me? What do you want me to do in the lives of the people that I interact with today? I would pray down my calendar or think about, I used to mentally walk through our office as I was driving to work and just lift up each person as I walk past their cube in my imagination. The third prayer is a prayer for gratitude. I always respond negatively. You know, it's easy to complain with everyone. And I wanted to be thankful even for the things that I didn't like that happened because I felt like that would help my testimony. Once you start praying for people, God puts you to work and he starts making things happen. And so those three prayers were my kind of keys of just thinking, okay, Jesus, I'm going into my world today. Here's what I know will happen, and here are some other things I'm sure that I'm not aware of that will happen. Would you please use me in these things and help me trust you and be your person there?
0: I love that. Please use me and be your person there, because he knows what's going to unfold, and -hmm. you don't,
1: right? Right. Exactly. He's trying to save and move it. He's, <laughs> also, we define ministry as just helping people move one notch closer to Jesus. Jesus is trying to draw everyone closer to him. And so we can cooperate with him in that. And we can know that that's what's going on, even though we don't know exactly how. And then I'm just looking for those opportunities.
0: So starting out with prayer and the the habit you developed, Mike, was really uh, cause this is great. In addition, you know, everybody has time on the drive in, right? Mm-hmm. You know, what's yep. really odd for me, I've started doing this in the car is mm-hmm. turning off. I don't really listen to music. I'm always listening to an audiobook or a podcast personally, mm-hmm. but when I turn it off and it's quiet in the car, it's almost a little bit odd, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what? It's almost like a sim, you know, signal I'm going to, Hey, I'm just going to turn off you know, hit, I'm driving into work, hit power button, and then mm-hmm. just take one, two, three, four, five minutes and start developing a habit of, like you said, visualizing, walking through the workplace, asking God what he's doing, asking him to show you, finding things to be grateful about. And you know what? Sometimes that difficult person or that difficult situation, sometimes finding the gratitude in there, you know what? When we focus on it and we're looking for things to be grateful for, we do find them, don't we? And you know what? And that completely reframes, you know what? I was actually uh, listening to a guy, Michael Sullivan. Uh, he and a good friend of his wrote The Other Half of Church, which is all about this mm-hmm. neuroscience of theology. Fantastic book if you haven't read it. But they've actually done actual like clinical research studies on gratitude, Mike. I want to share this with people. People that are negative and, and you, like you're sinking into depression and negativity and anxiety. If you do five minutes of gratitude three times a day for a month, you literally completely reset your brain positively, The you know, back to a healthy state. Yeah. wow. That is how powerful gratitude is. So I just want to highlight uh, that I, I love that you added, you know, include gratitude in your prayers.
1: Yeah, thanks. That's a great addition. I'm aware of the book. I think I read the book, but I'm not recalling now if I ever read yeah, it. Yeah,
0: it's a great book. I think you'd enjoy it. So, okay, we're praying on the way in. Now we're at work. Now the uh, next habit is appreciate others. Right. What does that look like day to day? And talk about maybe some of those people that are easy to appreciate and maybe some of those people that might be a little more
1: challenging to appreciate. Yeah, certainly. So I have to remember, I think it was Spurgeon that said that we've never met an ordinary person. Mm. Everyone is extraordinary and that God loves every person that we interact with every day. And so for me, the change isn't to just appreciate them, but to help them feel appreciated. And so what can I do to help them feel appreciated becomes an easier question, simply because some people are difficult. Some people, I just rubbed the wrong way or, you know, it's a challenging relationship. But once I ask the question, how can I help them feel appreciated, then God starts giving me ideas of things to do. I might be able to you know, buy someone a coffee or bring some treats to the office or something, but it happens to be some unique thing like the right kind of donut or whatever their favorite donut. And so this whole idea of helping other people feel appreciated. We all want to be appreciated. And I've discovered, at least for me, all of my friends like me. And I think that's because I like the people who like me. I think they're pretty smart. And as a result, I think if I could like people first, then I would create this freedom in these relationships. It's not a codependent liking. It's a trusting God liking trying to be appreciative toward other people for little things, just things that they do or the way that they are. And so I actually added that one last. As I was thinking through these, um, it relates to 1 Corinthians 13, where it says, you know, if we do all these things because we have faith, but we don't love people, then we're nothing. And so I wanted Everything that I did to be something I did because I was trying to discover how to appreciate or love people in the workplace.
0: And let me add something to that because I remember uh, back when, you know, my wife and I, we uh, did a a marriage thing at at church and we read the five love languages together. And Mm -hmm. if you remember the love languages, right, acts of service, Uh touch, words of affirmation, gifts and quality time and a Dr. Peter White who's a sociologist and uh, uh, just an amazing guy read that and says you know what these completely translate to the languages of affirmation in the workplace and he wrote a book okay. called The Five Languages of Appreciation and it's a fantastic guy, but think about that, you know, uh, just as an example, real quick, uh, you know, physical touch, right. Which is most guys at home, mm-hmm. that is a small percentage of people in the workplace, but right. affirmations, right. Telling somebody, Hey, you know what, even if they're difficult, but Hey, you know what, I really appreciate, you know, be specific, something that they did or a character quality or how they handle the situation. Um, touch, it could be a high five or whatever. That's kind of small, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know what acts of service for people, you know, people that are really detail oriented, you know what their love, their language of appreciation is that you show up, you're accountable, you do good work that they can trust that Mm -hmm. shows them that you really appreciate them as a person, quality time, those people that want to talk you know what, once a week, maybe invite somebody like that and say, Hey, I'm going to get a cup of coffee. You want to walk down and get a cup of coffee or take five minutes and go for a walk outside. And, mm-hmm. but there's little things that we can do that completely build trust relationships, change the culture. Because I, I, what you're talking about, I think is so important because when people know, we appreciate value them as a person, not mm-hmm. just as an object to help me get my work done our ability to influence them skyrockets.
1: Yes, I agree. And for me, too, helping to show them appreciation might be, you know, actually having a conversation and asking if there's something way you could do your job differently so that it would make their job easier. Mm. Yeah, just asking, right? Yeah. Yeah. So make that,
0: you know, a daily habit, you know, one of my daily habits, Mike, is I'm always trying to at least actually three times a day, give people affirmations just so, because it was not my habit pattern, by the way, the way I led and kind of the, my style, right? I'm a little more transactional than relational. If you kind of look at some of the personality profiles. So for me, that was a habit I had to intentionally kind of cultivate. So I said, "Okay, I'm gonna." My goal was three affirmations a day. Whether it's the barista at Starbucks, whether it's my assistant, whether it's my boss, whether it's a peer, my wife, my kids. But then that habit, I got to tell you, has really uh, served me well. And as I've worked with other leaders and coached them, and they've brought that in, all right. of a sudden the culture starts embracing it, and other people now start affirming and appreciating others because they realize, Hey, it's okay. It's not brown nosing. This is actually how we do things here. And this feels really good.
1: No, I think that's a great way of doing it too, because you could even set, you know, little reminders in your calendar or something, you know, you should, Hey, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Are you up to two? Have you already done two of these?
0: 100%. Now the next habit was, um, know what you believe.
1: Correct. And for this, I use the story, there's a story in Mark chapter 5, where this guy had an army of demons in him, and Jesus casts the demons out of the guy, and the demons go into a herd of pigs, the pigs rush into the lake and are drowned, and the people of that region asked Jesus to leave, and the man tried to go with Jesus, and Jesus said, no, you go to your home And you tell people what things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. So what we do is we coach people to be able to answer in one or two sentences why we believe what we believe about Jesus. Why am I a Jesus follower? Because the question that we will get at work is, why are you doing this? And the answer needs to be, well, I'm doing this because I'm a Jesus follower and I follow him because. And something like that can be done in a workplace context even in a hostile work environment, because it's just nonchalant. When someone says, why are you doing this? You just give them a sensible answer, but you do it in a relaxed, non-preachy way. And so Mm -hmm. that's what we coach people to do for know what you believe, is to have prepared this answer in advance and be ready to give it.
0: Love that. So I'm doing this because I follow Jesus, and and I do this because, and then have an answer for that, because then you start to open a dialogue with somebody. And they know mm-hmm. where you're coming from.
1: That's right. and they, Not only that, they've discovered it, which makes it easier for them to learn and remember than me just teaching it to telling them or broadcasting it all the time.
0: Yeah. And then what does what the habit of serving others
1: look like? Well, so serving others was one of the first things I thought of. I think we all think of that. You know, Jesus said that even he didn't come to be served, but to serve in Mark And so when we start praying for people, that prayer that you talked about earlier, or when we start asking God to show us how to work with the people around us, I believe almost all of God's answers are going to be things that we can do for them. So that's what I mean by serving others, is the ideas that you get, whatever crazy idea you get while you're praying for somebody is probably from God. Figure out Mm -hmm. a way to do it. And so, finding ways to serve others, I think God almost built us to appreciate being served, and it gives us this ability to take Him into our workplace.
0: You know that reminds me, Mike. Uh, when I was young and I was in the military, and I went to our the commanding officer of our squadron, and mm-hmm. I and I said, "Hey, sir, could I get a you know uh, some time with you, just one on one?" He's sure. And I said, hey, one of my goals one day is to be a squadron commander. I was, by the way, I was brand new to the squadron, so I didn't know this was kind of a bold uh, comment. He said, and I said, hey, what advice would you give me? What would you recommend? And he goes, you know, nobody's ever asked me that before. So it taught me that, you know what, when you find somebody you do respect, somebody that could be a mentor, have a conversation. But here's what he said, Mike. He -hmm. goes, listen, everybody tries to do something to get noticed, right? They make it about them. But mm-hmm. if every day you go find somebody in this squadron to serve. You go help somebody whether they're senior or junior officer enlisted in your department or not but you do something that helps them personally and helps the mission of what we're trying to accomplish. You'll never have to worry about your career. I'm just telling you that right now. You might not get awards or written or you know get recognized at quarters or things like that. So what he was talking about was servant leadership and it so resonated with me that became my leadership so I was always looking for those little opportunities to just do something every day to help somebody else out on the the whole collective team and exactly. I just saw how what the impact of that was Here, really here's what you're talking about is look for ways to just help people succeed not just at work but just in in life in general and if you kind of have that mindset, I know that God will show you how to help those around you. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that? I think, sir, about, okay. I think that's that's a powerful
1: one. He gives us the ideas too. I think that's the piece for me that's fun is to ask him, and then just the next idea that you get, as long as it's not illegal, try and figure out a way to do it.
0: <laughs> and the fifth habit, speak for yourself. Share more about that one, Mike.
1: So we prepared our answer to that question, why are you doing this? Mm. The speak for yourself answer actually comes from um, those of us who have been through Celebrate Recovery. It talks about using I and me statements so that we're not trying to fix other people. We're there to fix ourselves. I extended that into this. I, I think in the workplace, When we're asked about our faith, we have permission to talk about our experience, not to tell other people what to do. And so I just want to remember to use I and me statements and make sure that I'm explaining about my experience rather than preaching or trying to tell everyone else what they should be doing. And so speak for yourself is my way of remembering that.
0: Now, you have put all these together in kind of a context of a mission trip. Mike, will you talk about what those mission trips look like? Certainly.
1: So I was having lunch with a pastor. This was decades ago now. And he was trying to get me to go on the church's mission trip to some place or another. And in the course of the conversation, he talked about how people, when they go on a mission trip, that's when they get excited about their faith. And I said, I think I'm already excited about my faith. And I drive 30 miles a day to work. How is that not a mission trip? We didn't reach any agreement then, but even he and I have talked about this since, and his church has done one of these. What we do is we take those five daily habits, we teach those to people in a one-week devotional. So there's a daily devotional for each of those five days. And then we call the second week Action Week, and we have a series of five devotionals designed to help you go put those habits into practice at your workplace. And that became our, this two-week Marketplace mission trip idea. We schedule this together inside our online community. And we have Zoom calls on the evenings of the second week. Like we're on the mission field, we have a little debrief in the evening where we pray for one another and talk about what happened today and get ready for the next day. And that's our Marketplace mission trip.
0: Okay, so now tell people about Uh, follower of one and how they could actually work through you to do just exactly what you talked about.
1: Certainly. So follower of one, the other piece, I'm actually tempted to call it a sixth habit. I think the other thing that we need are people who are helping us to remember this because we live in a world that's hostile to this whole idea. And so we created a website. Follower of one is an online community. It's people who are actively trying to do this every day. And if you go to our website, click on the community, and you can join our online community. It's just like a private Facebook group, but it's not on Facebook. And in that community, then, we prompt people to go on these mission trips. And uh, we practice this activity and connect with one another online, sometimes in real time using Zoom calls for these check-in calls, but also just in an online community. You can pray for somebody that you follow on Facebook. So this is something that we're doing to try and connect with one another. But as people find this beneficial, they get back in the community and help other people with it as well. And it's become kind of exciting when we do these mission trips, because sometimes you see people who have done them before, and there are new people who do it as well. But go to followerofone.org, and there's a take action menu where you can check it out.
0: And you've had, what, over 900 people do this so far. Mike, what are some of the, the feedback you've gotten from people that have done this?
1: Well, it, I was actually surprised by some of it. I think people are excited to realize that even though this is very simple, uh, here I am, Jesus, now what do you want me to do kind of a thing, that they get to experience the joy of integrating their faith into everything. Uh, but what's interesting, too, we were also surprised, we get feedback on about, I would say, less than 20% of the people who take the trip, because a lot of people are surprised at how difficult it is to build this into their day. Most of us, I think, have gotten this habit of doing our faith stuff when we're at church and not doing our faith stuff when we're not at church. It's hard for them to remember. We have an enemy. There are a lot of things working against us. we had... Many people who have been very excited about the second or the third one of these they've done because that's when they really got engaged and it clicked. And many of the ideas that we also share uh, with people came from people who took the trip because you'll come up with ideas for your own workplace that are things that no one else thought of because we're not at your workplace. So I
0: love what you're talking about, right? How do you know, in addition to everything else that's on our heart, right now, there's a mission field right in front of us, and that's where we go into work every day and it doesn't matter whether we're virtual or hybrid or full time in an office. And these five habits kind of being intentional about it for a period of time, maybe it's a week or two weeks, right, Mike? Like mm-hmm. what you're doing is you're just saying, okay, I'm gonna focus on this and have some people to you know uh help me be accountable to this. And just watch what God does. Is that about right? Pretty much. And so, guys, plug into what Mike is doing. Join the community at Follower of One. Uh, A good friend of mine uh, who you know, Dale, I know he is not (laughs) only plugged in, but he's had incredible experiences doing this. And, uh, Mike, you're doing just great work out there. So I'd love to have our audience check that out, followerofone.org. And what if we all did this? I've done it here at... at, uh, at my work and uh it's all positive, it's all good. And you'll you'll see what God is doing in the world and in your life and in the lives of people around you. And as kind of we wrap up, Mike, what are just some final thoughts you'd like to leave with everybody?
1: Certainly, especially for business leaders. One other thing you and I had talked about was this works for everybody in the organization. You don't have to, it's not a strategic organizational structure type of thing. This is a way where any individual can kind of engage their faith in their daily job. But for business leaders, consider this as a suggestion to other Christians in your organization, because that way we're all listening to the same Holy Spirit every day. We're bound to be working together.
0: So uh, Mike, keep up the great work. Love to have you back on anytime. Share some stories and, uh, man, keep knocking them alive out there. And folks, think about these five habits. Pray, appreciate others, know what you believe, serve others, and speak for yourself using those I and me statements. And you know what? We can step into the calling that we've all been given of love God, love others, and be an ambassador for Christ. So Mike, thank you for what you're doing.
1: Well, thank you, John. Thanks for having me.